Welcome to Herbs with Erin, Remedies for Body and Spirit podcast, where we help people explore the power of herbs to create optimal wellness and strengthen their spiritual practice so they can feel healthy and connected. Herbal information provided in this podcast is meant for educational purposes only. It is not meant to take the place of professional medical advice. Today's guest is Carrie Kiernan, and she is going to be telling us all about a shared herbal garden located in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us today, Carrie. Thanks for having me again. All right, so what is this thing called a shared herbal garden? Give us an overview of it. The shared herbal garden is an effort to collaborate with other herbalists. People are simply interested in learning how to garden with herbs um, and to bring them together to use a community space um, to maintain the garden together, to harvest. And then also um, we really have identified um, some shared values in wanting to share these herbs with our larger community. So um, we'll be harvesting the extra herbs that we're not using uh, potentially for teas or salves or other remedies that we will later be getting into the community. Can you describe the layout of this garden? How big is it and um, how many things maybe are in there? (laughs) I think it's somewhere around 20 by 20 feet. Um, and it is already in its sixth or seventh year as an herb garden. So some of those plants are that old. There's a lot of perennials. There's a lot of pollinator plants. And then there's some annuals that we're adding in. So this space was used in the past by myself to cultivate herbs. Um, and it's had a few phases over the years, um, but more recently, Um, I've chosen to open it up to other people because um, I think the space could be utilized more. Um, For me, outreach is really important. And, um, you know, as an herbalist, I think it's important to just do something fun and non-business related sometimes. So for me, it's a wonderful outlet. Um, in In the garden, some of the herbs we have include, uh, we have a ton of mugwort, it's almost like a hedge of mugwort around the garden in some areas. Uh, we have marshmallow and lemon balm and several species of skullcap. Um, we have pollinator plants such as echinacea and milkweed. Um, we have jopai weed and compass plant and um, a variety of other things that were just kind of donated to me through the years from native plant sales. Um, we have a lot of... Uh, what would be categorized as weeds that turn up every year that we embrace and let grow in certain spaces. And those include yarrow and mullein. Uh, There's a little bit of nettle we keep under control. Uh, As annuals, we're putting in chamomile and calendula and and poppies. Um, We're working on getting some tulsi in there. There's I mentioned chamomile and calendula. Um, Anise hyssop. Uh, peppermint, chocolate mint. We have comfrey, which is a wonderful topical herb, and we have sweet grass. Um, we just put in some lavender. Uh, a lot of common herbs, and also a lot of herbs that you know I just personally, as a master herbalist, have c- 
come to find really useful in practice. And since they grow easily, they're ones that I've, you know, really brought into my remedies. Where is this herb garden located? Is it on personal property? Um, what kind of um, place is it located and how do you maintain who comes and goes? So this is a garden that's located on public property. It's um, in the area of the forestry community gardens. So it's kind of considered a sort of park space, like a neighborhood community area. It used to be a neighborhood decades ago, but it's in a floodplain. And so at some point the city received money to basically change that area into an open space as it is an area that repeatedly floods. And so it's not a great space to build in. So sometimes when we dig, we find interesting things throughout the space and the soil quality is all over, you know, because they brought in fill. Um, and um, yeah, so since we're on public property, this is a space that's open to the public and there's lots of people that enjoy this area. I, over the years, you know, people come and like to sit in the area. I know people who come and release monarch butterflies on all of our milkweed. I see people getting their senior photo shoots done. Um, lots and lots of people utilize this space when um, we're not there. And so, um, you know, one of the reasons that I felt called to bring more people in was that clearly there's a need and a want for herbs. People are very interested in this space. Um, I have sometimes there's people that will just remove plants or harvest in ways that maybe aren't the correct way. So um, we are going to be working on some signage and encouraging people to join this group if they want to be involved in the garden. So you do have a core set of people that have helped over the years? Um, in the very, very first year we started, we had members of the community garden helping. Um, and eventually it just kind of came down to me doing it just from lack of time um, to coordinate anything or to really ask for help. And, and it's kind of a difficult space to get help in because you have to be able to ID what to weed out and what not to. I mean, so many of the things in there, especially with perennials, you get new plants popping up every year from the seeds that were set. And so it's a super sustainable garden in that I don't have to start every single plant every year. We get a lot of freebies, but you kind of got to let the weeds go and then move things around accordingly. So it's not always the easiest place to ask for help, but with this core group that is now um, involved with the garden, we're all paying rent um, to be a part of this garden. And um, everyone's learning how you know, how to ID, how to care for the plants, how to harvest. And as a group, we will, you know, be deciding how we want to manage this space. So, you know, I, I've had certain ways that I've managed it in the past, but obviously the goal is for this to be a usable space for more, more folks. So I'm sure each year we'll decide what our priority herbs are and change the garden accordingly. Yeah, so for uh, some of those who've never seen this garden, it's a really beautiful um, space along the Eau Claire River, or is it the Chippewa River? Chippewa. Okay, so uh, this garden is located on the Chippewa River. There is a big uh, space that's used for the farmer's market, uh, and then people can walk on a, there's a walkway or bike area that comes up into a shared vegetable garden space a very big one and then there's rental plots for people to rent space for their own growing needs and then there's this shared herbal garden space so it's 
it's a real long um, park area and it's reclaimed land, like you said. It, it wasn't being able to use for, for much at the time, but um, now people can garden there. And so it's just a really great, amazing space. So do you have any tips for people who are wanting to start a community type garden like this? Um, well, I would definitely advise you to dig in and see what already exists and do your best to um, collaborate with efforts that are already being made. I mean, luckily, there are many community gardens all over the place. So maybe it's maybe you could take one area of the community garden that isn't being fully utilized. That's kind of how I got started with it. This was the most northern edge. We didn't even have water running to this area at first, but I figured, hey, you know, I think I can make use of this and make it work. Um, if there are no community gardens in your area, there are certainly resources online if you were to um, just dig in and start hunting on Google um, for resource guides um, for you to start a community garden. So you are going to obviously want to reach out to the Parks and Rec Department if you want to look at city land. There might be some hoops you need to jump through for Eau Claire um, anything that's going to be done on city land may need to go through different committees such as planning committee, the planning commission or parks and waterways. Um, another thing you could look into would be to uh, contact a church or school and see if you can't have access to property that maybe um, would be a little easier to navigate if there's less oversight. Um, I do have some friends that did some community gardening on some property of a school. And unfortunately with COVID happening, they, they have had to move. So that didn't work out for them. I know some very successful community gardens located at churches. Um, just keep an eye out for, you know, those larger little tracts of land that are kind of already accessible in urban spaces, but maybe are not being utilized. Um, be careful to choose a spot that is not contaminated. So maybe there's a chance that space is open for a reason. Um, you might want to look into the history of that spot, um, and I definitely recommend getting a soil test before you start. Um, the other big thing that can sometimes be a hurdle is access to water. You're probably going to want a direct water line. It is possible to do rain barrels. It's possible to find water in other ways, but in my experience of working with community gardens, um, making sure your soil is safe to work in and that you have access to water somehow are definitely two things to really help you decide on what area to use. I guess the other thing I would add too is that sometimes you might find yourself running into issues of like liability. So it's best to put yourself underneath the group that already exists. So um, we used to be underneath the umbrella of the Parks Association. Um, now we are under the umbrella of a neighborhood association. In the past, we were put under the umbrella of a church and they were able to add us to their insurance policy. Right now, um, we are lucky in that we don't need to have liability insurance as long as we follow certain rules. So that's another thing to take into consideration. Obviously, if you're able to do this on private property, it might be a little easier to navigate, but um, depending on what your goal is, you know, if you're interested in outreach, you know, it might really be worth it to look at more accessible spaces. Somebody who worked in community gardens as well, um, those are great tips. Definitely the water situation is a must. And some of those other things Carrie was talking about, like liability and soil tests and stuff like that, 
um, one of the things, some people just want to get into the project, right? They just want to have the garden. But you may want to find somebody who can volunteer, who's interested in the cause, but does not want to be doing any watering or weeding, but they're really good at organizing and checking into, you know, the laws, liabilities, ordinances, all that kind of stuff. And they can do all that back groundwork, um, which really just once it gets set is usually, you know, um, self-sustaining, you know, once you figure out the ordinances and the land um, uses, but also understand, like Carrie had mentioned, things do kind of change um, over time, like having to find different groups maybe to sponsor it. Um, my biggest um, piece of advice would get a memorandum of understanding written, typed, uh, with people's signature on it to say, hey, for this amount of time from this date to this date, this is our understanding. And then we'll come back together at around this date and reassess what's happening. So you kind of have a plan um, because things will change. Personalities get involved and, you know, things like COVID-19 happen and volunteer bases change and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's an amazing space. If you ever get to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, you know, take a look at it. Like Carrie said, it's in a, um, it's in a public space. So. Yeah. And we also have the edible forest landscape that is at the most Southern edge. So if you are at the farmer's market, the Phoenix park farmer's market, you can look across the street, across Madison street North um, towards the substation. And you can see just a literal mass of birding trees and bushes and herbs and all these good things. So um, that was actually kind of a collaboration between the gardener group, the neighborhood and the city. Um, and some businesses were involved in that decision and that they really wanted parking lot. They wanted more parking downtown. There was some pushback against parking along riverways. Um, and basically a compromise was reached between these user groups and that, okay, fine. If there's going to be a parking lot here, um, we're going to surround it in useful plants so and the city agreed that okay instead of just landscaping with you know other plants um they put those funds towards edible and medicinal plants and it was on the uh, gardener group the neighborhood to get those plants and maintain them so in our case you know we haven't actually been able to maintain the space up to the standards i think we have goals of but we are working on that and so in this instance you know if someone reached out to me and said hey I want to get involved I really want to do something with you know food access and medicinal herbs like I would be a person that could connect that person or group with a project that is already basically set up and we just need a, a little more involvement and people to take ownership of that space. Yeah, that space um, is like a jungle in terms of everything's growing amazing there. I've never seen such big elderberry shrubs and currants. Um, and what else was there that I saw? High bush cranberries. So if you, if you can imagine that those things are doing really well, you can imagine what the quote unquote weeds are doing there as well. So you know, always they need people for maintenance. Um, and it's just a great learning experience too. If you're working around the fruit trees and everything, you get to learn about these edible and medicinal plants as you work around them. Okay. So as far as outreach, um, I've, I've had some efforts in the past that I have done on my own um, through my own business, and that includes um, meeting people in places where they're at uh, as 
or as folks who are having issues with access to housing or access to um, healthcare services or just simply, you know, being seen and heard in the community. So um, what I've done in the past is held classes on just simple herbs to use. I've brought in the fresh herbs for people to experience them, brought in remedies to share. And while I felt at first like I needed to somehow help figure out other people's problems, I quickly learned that what was most important for me to do was just to hold, you know, hold space for other people and provide them with the exact same services I would offer to anyone else. Um, and for many people, it was just lovely to forget about their current cares and just learn about earth. So um, while making sure that accessibility is, is really important, um, you know, just simply sharing what you do, what you're passionate about with other people can have such a positive impact. So with the shared herbal garden, um, what kind of outreach do you envision with with the whole the space or, or the the herbs? So um, we have a survey that I send to people who become members to try to figure out where your interests are, what you're most passionate about, what you want to learn, what you want to contribute. And one of those questions is, you know, what social issues are you aware of and have connections to and want to do something about to help? Um, and so our members have identified different connections they have in the community. Um, specifically in the past, I've worked with um, a day program called Positive Avenues Run Through Lutheran Social Services. Um, and that was a really great connection. Um, it's a diverse audience. Um, people who may not normally have access to herbs or may have some instability going on in their life and they're not able to dive into things like this. Um, but the main, well, one thing we have identified as a group is that we really want to increase access to herbs for people of color, um, indigenous, black, brown folks who maybe have been excluded um, in, in the community, whether or not it was intentional, just trying to do better to share these resources with others who want to be included and involved. So um, whether that's actually getting involved in the garden, whether that's sharing the um, actual herbs and remedies, or whether that's maybe just education. Um, there's lots of potential for what we want to do. And while I have a lot of ideas for things I want to do and things I've done in the past, like we can potentiate our efforts. While what I could only do as one person, um, now we can do so much more with, with more of us. Um, and who knows how far those efforts will reach. That's great. So what I heard you say is that um, you're trying to make sure that if there's somebody that's not at the table, so to speak, um, you're kind of looking into maybe why they're not at this herbal table and what, um, if anything, needs to be done because of that. Uh, so whether that be income or ethnicity or race issues, um, all those kind of things. So that's what I heard. And I think that is an amazing amazing goal and um, activity to have. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, we may not necessarily know the exact best way to do it, but it's best to try. And um, I think herbs can bring a lot more into the world as far as physical healing. Yeah, totally agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. And Carrie, how can people get in contact with you if they want to be involved with um, any of these gardens? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, well, for the shared herbal garden, um, the most efficient way to get in touch is to send us an email to our account, and that's just sharedherbalgarden at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that anyone can join and like and follow to see what we're doing. Um, and then we do have a private group just for our members, so you'd be added to that if you um, go ahead and fill out a membership form, which you can receive if you send us an email. All right, well, thanks for coming to talk to us about the Shared Herbal Garden in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Erin. Thanks for doing this and all of your work, um, especially, you know, bringing herbal education and connection and collaboration online so it's accessible to lots of people. Thank you for joining the Herbs Podcast. Please connect with me on fullcircleherbals.com or at the Facebook page, Full Circle Herbals. I'd be happy to receive suggestions for future podcast topics.